Continue to look at the foundational concepts behind Advent Conspiracy. Um, I would encourage you uh, to maybe catch up a little bit um, on the podcast, except for the fact that they haven't been updated in like seven weeks. And uh, working on that, um, maybe if I say this publicly, it'll happen. Uh, this week, they'll go up. All right. We ran out of space on the host site and trying to finagle some things around and move some stuff around. So hopefully you better catch up. Uh, last week we looked at biblical gift giving. Um, tonight I want us just to spend just a second looking at uh, something that I believe is, um, is becoming a natural part of kind of the, the ethos, yeah, that's right, uh, of our church, um, that we are continuing to ask God to show us what it means to really care for people. Um, and it doesn't matter who they are, um, that God loves everyone, and everybody needs to know that God loves them, and some people don't know that, and God has put us in charge of going out and, be, and making sure that people know that. And through us, he communicates to that, that to them. And um, one of the things we have to recognize is that at Christmas time, we have an opportunity to communicate that that is unique when compared to other times of the year. Um, and we've got to take advantage of that. And if we are caught up in everything that Christmas is not, like the rest of our culture, we are not going to communicate what it uh, really is about faithfully. And that's a part of what we're asking God to do is to turn upside down anything that is wrong and as far as our understandings and beliefs about Christmas and the way that we practice it and the way that we live those things out. Um, let's look at this. In Luke chapter 2, uh, these shepherds, um, got quite a surprise. Um, it's always interesting as to why why shepherds got to be the you know first ones to hear that he was born, and uh, there's a number of reasons for that, and I'm not going to get into that. If you'd like to know, if you're just curious, uh, then uh, let's have a pancake and discuss it. Um, but no, no, you can definitely ask me. But I want to kind of get to the point tonight. Um, but there's a very good reason why these shepherds uh, and why these particular shepherds were the ones. So let's look at their experience that night. You may be familiar with it. Uh, starting verse 8 in chapter 2. It says, in, in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. This will, be, this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. All right? Awesome story. Big part of Christmas tradition is looking at that. I want us to look at verses 10 and 11 just for a second tonight. Um, let's, let's read those, those again. This is what the angels actually said to the shepherds. All right? Now, surely they were overwhelmed by the, the angel that we assume was floating, you know, that's how y'all, right? And every Christmas pageant you've ever been to, he's like in the sky somehow. Uh, he may have just walked up to him. But, you know, I don't, I don't know. Um, and so, uh, and, and so there's the angel, and then there's the glory of the Lord 
around them. So that in and of itself probably like, according to everything, I turned their hair white or something and like they had to take their shoes off or something. Like it was probably an incredibly holy moment. They were probably completely blown away by the, uh, like the sensation of like what they were seeing and experiencing. But the real, the real part that should grab us is what they actually tell him, uh, tell them. Um, verse 10, fear not for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Good news of great joy for all the people. Good news of great joy for all the people. Um, that, uh, when you look at when it says good news, um, that's where gospel comes from. So when we talk about the gospel, um, that is encompassed in it is that it is, the gospel is supposed to be good news. Not something that we beat people over the head with in Free Speech Alley, right? College students, right? Not something that we um, insult our coworkers into, uh, you know, trying to believe, or not something that you beat your family members over the head with. Um, that's not the gospel. That's not good news to them. I mean, it is good news that, you know, when you're separated from God, you are destined for an eternity separated from God. And the good news is that that does not have to be the case for you. A lot of times the way we convey that and communicate it comes off as very negative. It's like, you know you're going to hell, right? Yeah. Uh, not what Christmas is about, okay? Um, the angel didn't say, hey, shepherds that are going to hell, uh, got some good news? You know, he didn't, uh, that was not the delivery. It was like, this is good news, good news of great joy for everybody. That's the, that's the opening statement of Christmas. Good news, great joy for all the people. Now, like I said earlier, there's a lot of people in our world who have no idea what the good news really is. They've heard it poorly taught. They've seen it incredibly poorly lived out. No idea what the good news of Christmas really is. And so scripture tells us that we are, um, we are God's ambassadors Ambassadors go and they bring a message as they represent someone who is sending them. So we're the ones who bring God's message as his ambassadors into the world. And we talk about that a lot. And we, we talk honestly about how, why that's difficult. And we, we pray that it would, God would open doors and that we'd be more faithful with that. And we, that's something very common. But what's unique about Christmas is right now everybody's talking about Jesus, whether they know it or not. Radio stations are... 24-7, playing songs about Jesus and Winter Wonderlands and Frosty and all that kind of stuff. But Jesus is in there a lot by artists who probably uh, don't really understand what they're singing. But it's there, and it's talked about. And this is one of the few times of year uh, of the year when you can um, talk about Jesus and initiate things, and you can do things for people, and it's not completely weird. If, if, if it was July and you walked into your office and you started passing out little tins of like baked fudge and pralines and stuff like that, started giving them out, that would be weird. But at Christmas time, it's expected. It is welcomed. You become like the most popular person in the office that day. There's something about Christmas that there are just all these doors that are open that they're, they're just not open all the time, except once a year. So, when that angel says, good news of great joy for all the people, 
you zero in on all the people, that means all the people. It means all the people that you work with, whether you like them or not. It means everybody that lives on your street or in your apartment complex or in your dorm. It means everybody that you're fighting at Walmart or Target or wherever. It means everybody who doesn't understand that merge and yield are two different things in traffic. All right? It's everybody. And it's those kids in Mexico who've been in homes where bad things have happened and it's not their fault. And here's this ministry that God's put in place to make sure that they know that it's not their fault and that they are loved and that they are cared for. It's about an organization that goes and digs wells all over the world in places where people drink out of cesspools and they have all kinds of sicknesses and stuff like that. They go in, they dig these wells, and they don't just go in and dig them and, and leave. They go in and they dig these wells and they say, look, this is from God. You are important to God. And God wants you to know that it's through us. We do the work, but he's the one that's actually doing this for you, not us. So in Advent Conspiracy, it's spend less, it's give more, it's worship fully, it's love all. And that is one of our stated goals, is, I, is to go through this Advent season and truly love all. When it says good news, um, you can jump a couple of places in Scripture and you can see where Jesus kind of ex- expands on this a little bit. You can go to Luke 4, and when he's reading this prophecy from Isaiah, and he says, I've, um, I'm here to preach good news to the poor. We've talked about it before how that word poor, it can mean people who, have, who live modestly as far as wealth and possessions and stuff. And that word poor also means those in desperate need of God's grace. So if you think in terms of, okay, who in my life is in desperate need of God's grace, that would be all the people. That would be your most holy, precious, Jesus-like friend and the other end of the spectrum. That's all the people. You go to Matthew 11. He says, come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. That verse is talking, you know, he's talking to people who have been trying their hardest to get to God and to, um, for all their, their works and all their efforts and all their everything to be good enough to be reconciled to God. And they were absolutely exhausted emotionally and spiritually, especially from trying to do all these good works and they just can't, they can't, they can't because they're separated from God as the life source. So when Jesus says, come to me all who are weary and heavy laden, he's not just saying, hey, if you've had a bad week, come to me. I mean, if you've had a bad week, come to him. But what, in that time when he's saying that, he's like, look, you're exhausted from trying to get to God because, and it's never going to work. So now God has come to you. That's good news for all the people. So this angel tells these shepherds, look, this is awesome. And everybody needs to know about it. And then when Jesus went up to heaven, he handed that charge over to those apostles. And they just kept passing it on and passing it on and passing it on. And if you're here in this room and you're a Christian tonight, it goes back to the fact that because those apostles were faithful to make sure that people knew the good news Make sure that everybody had the chance to know the good news because they were faithful with that and the next group was faithful and the next group was faithful. 
We're sitting here tonight singing songs about his majesty. Empty-handed but alive in his hand because of that. So, good news of great joy for all the people in verse 11. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior. That's ultimately what it is. You ask most people, what's Christmas about? And they'll say, oh, it's Jesus' birthday. All right. If they say that, I mean, that's good. That's step one in the right direction. There's so much more to it than that. Because you have friends and family members who are weary and heavy laden. Because a lot like that Jewish audience that Jesus was talking to, they've been trying to get to God. But if it's not through Christ, both in initial salvation and in daily living, that grace that saves us and grace that sustains us each and every day, if it's not through there, then they are exhausted whether they want to admit it or not. We have friends and family who are poor by the definition of it in desperate need of God's grace. And so as Christians, here we find ourselves in these couple of weeks leading, leading up to like the big day um, in a culture that's all about buying and, and Christmas parties and all this kind of stuff and whatever. Um, and we live among them. We have relationships with them. We have relationships that God has given. And there are people that we don't have relationships with who still need to know. And so here's, here's what I want to bring to us tonight as another layer of the Advent Conspiracy onion. Um, first century Jewish mindset was, um, was something like this. If you think about, think about like a bullseye or a target symbol or whatever as like circles that are going out. Okay, um, first century Jewish mindset, um, you would be at the center of that. Then the first level out would be your immediate family. Then the next level out would be your extended family, aunts and uncles and cousins and whatever. The next level out would be everybody who is Jewish. And the next level out would be everybody else. And their priority system like worked worked that way take care of yourself first then your immediate family and then your extended family and then your jewish family and then everybody else knowing full well that there wasn't much they were going to offer them most of the time now i'm not saying that that's a great way to look at your life all right but what i am saying is this maybe conceptually you take some time during Advent to think about this. If, if you look at your life in the same way, like relationally, all right, there's you, and you're connected directly to your immediate family and then your extended family. And maybe outward from there, maybe there are, like relationally, like who are you around all the time? Maybe it's friends, maybe it's, uh, you know, roommates or like, the, you know, people that are not your family, but you're around them all the time. And maybe the next rung out are like your coworkers. Um, and you know those those you know people like that, and then maybe the next wrong out it's like all your Facebook friends that you don't ever talk to, and then uh, I'm just kidding. But then like maybe outside of that, maybe it's your maybe it's your neighbors on your street, all that kind of stuff. Maybe past that, it's like complete strangers that you don't know. 
See, relationally, you're connected with all these people, and then you have the, poni- the potential, potential to be connected with people that you don't know. And that's a part of why we've set up these things through Advent Conspiracy in, in the shelters and, and all these different things um, to where you can get a gift for a kid in Mexico that you may never meet. Maybe, maybe for each of us who, who want to take this season seriously, maybe you sit down and you think about your life relationally. You say, how does love all permeate all of those relationships in the next couple of weeks? Good news of great joy for all the people. People in desperate need of God's grace. People who are weary and heavy laden. People who don't know that God loves them and values them and has sent a savior it's so cool that they say for unto you is born this day it's a gift unto you maybe we look relationally in our lives and how those things um, everybody connects and you say alright God how does love all fit into this maybe you know with your immediate family and extended family and friends and stuff like that Maybe you need to really sit down and look at those things that we have lined up and say, am I supposed to go to serve one of these days at the shelter? Maybe I should email the email address and say, yes, I'm coming. Um, Am I supposed to do this angel tree deal? Am I supposed to do something random that's not on the list? What is my community group supposed to do? But how does love all go all the way to the end of that spectrum? From your closest relationships to complete strangers. By doing that, we step into the story of Advent. Good news, great joy for all the people. It's awesome. What an opportunity that we have right now. We talked last week about how even in our gift giving, we can convey the gospel to people. By us loving all, you know what we're doing? We're actually giving more, which is another part of Advent Conspiracy, conveniently. And we're worshiping fully, which is another part. Amazing opportunity in front of us. And I love the spirit that exists among us. That, and only God can do this where people are like, I'm so pumped about like, like making my parents mad about not giving them as many gifts. You know, They're all excited about it. It's like, oh, you wait. We'll see. Amazing opportunity. And I just feel like, like that is the challenge. I'm not saying you have to sit down and go draw circles, but you maybe want to. Like maybe that's the best way for you to like look at that maybe you just start praying god how, how can i love people from my closest relationships to the to complete strangers i want everybody to know that good news awesome uh let me pray father you've you've entrusted us with so much such an a beautiful and important message that uh that I know that a lot of us feel like we're, uh, we aren't very faithful with. Um, God, I pray that, that we just refuse for that to be the case anymore, that we take full advantage of this time of year. And that's going to look differently for all of us, and that's awesome because that's why our relationship with you is personal and unique. God, we thank you for that good news that um, those of us in here who are, who are believers, God, we heard it. We said, I am in desperate need of grace. I am weary and heavy laden. 
I want to be saved by that Savior that was born unto us so long ago. God, we know that you love all. And just by us walking this out, we join you in what you're doing here on the earth. We thank you for that privilege. We pray, God, that you just continue to to give us a healthy burden for those around us to make sure that they know how valuable they are to you. God, we love you and we thank you so much for all that you do. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Uh, We're going to have our uh, benediction.